Are you listening? You're listening to Tempo on Wolfpack Radio NVWR. Here are your hosts, Colton and Carly. And it is Colton. And this is our first show of 2019. I haven't seen you since, I haven't seen you in a year. What's yeah, up? What? It's been a year. So you look different. I haven't seen Colton since our last show, actually. So which we, is were, like we were missing a week each and a half ago, which yeah. felt like months ago. Yeah. So uh, we have an artist named Aaron I on today. Mm-hmm. Um, he's from Minneapolis. Minneapolis. I want to go to Minneapolis. I've never been. Why do you want to go to Minneapolis? I don't know. Just because. Just because. (laughs) I don't think there's anything really special. (laughs) There might be. There might be. Aaron I is from Minneapolis. That's reason enough to go to Minneapolis. Um, He was named one of Title's Rising Artists. Um, So that's how I found him was from one of their Rising Artists playlist. That's Um, big. Big. He had a, a, a song which we'll play for you in a minute called Since 96 and obviously... I relate to this because I was born in 96. You weren't born in 96. No, I'm a youngin. 97. See, yeah. you can't relate to him. I can't relate. It's I not don't know. since yeah. 97. <sighs> it's since 96. So super excited to talk to him. He seems like a super cool, down-to-earth dude. I know The Fader and Billboard have done some interviews with him, and they've always talked about his charisma and, like, how energetic he is. So we'll have him on here after the break. Yeah. Um, I believe it's pronounced chair asthma, but... The God, <laughs> the Renaissance Fair. <laughs> the Renaissance Fair. Uh, and How I Met Your Mother, Ted. Do you, have you seen How I Met Your Mother? Of course I've seen How I Met Ted Your Mother. Ted always calls Renaissance Renaissance. Renaissance. You ask the me re- that every time you bring up How I Met I Your know, Mother. I know. I ask everyone. I think like, you've have asked you seen me how that I like at least 15 times. How I Met Your Mother is my favorite show. I'm rewatching it show. right now, and it is so funny and just relatable. I think, well, how many seasons are there? Like 10? There's nine. Oh. Yeah. I think I stopped at like season seven. You have to watch the last season. I never know how he met his mother or how he met. Do you know what happens? I don't. Don't ruin it. I'm not going to watch it, so ruin it. I don't give a shit. Um, If anyone is watching How I Met Your Mother. Turn it off right now. Skip. skip, Press the little 15. Skip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So basically in the the last few episodes of season nine, you find the mom. They're perfect together. Blah, blah, blah. She dies. Oh. Because she's really sick. And then, like, the last scene is Ted talking to his kids, and he's like, and that's the story of how you met your mother. And they're like, no, we don't buy it. Like, that's the story of how you're still in love with Aunt Robin. So he goes over to Robin's and, like, shows the blue mm. French horn, and that's so they're, like, end up together. Oh. I kind of liked it. I love Ted and Robin, so I don't know. Did that take, that needed 10 seasons to do that? You could have <laughs> figured guess. that out. But you know what I don't like is how they use Bob Saget's voice. Like, Ted's already a mother. He's already a fucking adult. That's a, yeah. He's not going to change. And also, too, at the end, because when he's talking to the kids, like, it shows, his, like, they filmed everything with the kids before, so yeah, they knew that yeah, was how uh, it was yeah. going to end. But he's talking to them, and it's like, uh, who plays him? Um, Josh Radner. Mm-hmm. It's him talking, 
And it's like, that doesn't, that doesn't sound like he's been narrating the last yeah. 10 years. But That's bullshit. Anyway, that was a, a that rabbit is, hole. That is lazy rab- producing. <laughs> they should have us on the show. <laughs> no, they shouldn't. It'd be shit. <laughs> We'd get canceled after, like, for, they'd give us a season and get an episode. They'd be like, all right, fuck that. My dad <laughs> always told me, like, I could write TV scripts. I'm like, you literally have to be so creative and, like, mm-hmm. be able to draw connections. Like, with How I Met Your Mother, they always refer back to things that like they have a long running something or they refer back to this person or everything yeah. ends up connecting anything cre- I, I don't understand how people can write music or like books and movies like harry the harry potters what yeah hey I, I don't know could you do that like make not every- I mean not harry potter <laughs> but i think writing a book might be easier than like a song it depends it depends on the book my book i could not write a fiction book i could write a non-fiction i book. could write a fic because you can just make everything up yeah, but it wouldn't be good. It would be like, I'm going to read this book. This is so, like, do you ever read books and you're like, this is stupid. Like, I don't understand the point. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Do you read? Yes, I'm reading <laughs> a book right now called The Big Payback, The yep. Business History of Hip Hop. Yes. And it's super, super cool because it starts in 19, it starts in like the 40s actually and mm-hmm. just kind of goes up from there. So now I've reached like the 80s and it's like the first superstars of, of hip hop and how everything's crossing over. And it talks about art too, like yeah. uh, Basquiat, who was like a graffiti artist in New York and how he influenced, and it's just- Well, like you're talking about like Rapper's Delight the other day. Yeah, it That's touched on- such- Rapper's cool delight. That, yeah, super cool story. And now we're, um, I don't know who we're talking about right now. Blondie, I think, yeah. has just been introduced. So I'm excited to get, because it goes up to, I'm pretty sure, current day or like somewhat current day. So I'm excited to get into like 90s and early 2000s because this is very, very what early if, stuff. What if a new page just showed up every and day? <laughs> and then I, then then the Twilight Zone and theme song the, goes on, yeah, and, and I'm the in end, the Twilight you know, Zone. You know, like the kids, the kids' books. At the end, there's like a little shitty mirror, and it's like, what about you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably how it's gonna. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, well, let's get back to this because yes. I know we want to talk to Aaron. So, Aaron, um, this is since '96, his lead single off his latest album, Orphan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, since 96 
And we are here with Aaron, professionally known as Aaron I. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Doing, you know, it's going good. Um, (laughs) First off, do you want to kind of tell us, like we were kind of talking about this before, where your name came from? Um, Because a lot of people think it's pronounced A, but it's really I. Well, it's it's actually I, and like that's just my birth name. (laughs) People think that (laughs) it's an artist name, which is great because it kind of fits as that. But that's just really like my dad's last name. (laughs) So that is your government name. Yeah, that's his government. So he's he's from uh, Africa, but in Africa they would actually pronounce it Aye. But mm-hmm. the American way to pronounce it is I. So that's just really my last name. But people think that, like, I made it. And then <laughs> yeah. it's like this. That's an issue. I think that's I dope. That's good. I, if they think that, that's tight, too. But that's that's really my, my name. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's a cool last name. It is a cool last yeah. name. When you were Thank deciding you. Um, your name, why did you decide to go with your, your government-born name rather than an alias? Um, I think it's because some of my favorite artists, in history just kind of kept their own names like you know when I think of Michael Jackson or you know even Whitney Houston or you know people like that I think of just like how they were able to use their own names and make it big you know what I mean even in like movies and stuff like I look at Will Smith or Denzel Washington just like I'm like well you know a lot of artists change their names or they come up with a, a stage name and I think that that's cool but I just didn't feel like I had to. I felt like my name was strong enough to be something great on its own. And right. so, um, trust me, I probably thought about it. I probably thought about, like, what else could I call myself? But ultimately, I, I liked how how it rolled off the tongue. I didn't like my name as a kid, but then, like, when I grew up and people kind of would say it enough times, I was just like, you know what? I kind of like how that sounds. I don't really know if I need to change it, but... 
that's kind of how it happened. I was just kind of like, all right, this is actually good the way it is. I just kind of let it be. It wasn't something that it was super thought out. I just kind of like called myself what my name actually was. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. I guess it, like it makes it easier because with a lot of artists we've talked to, they've kind of said that the reason they keep their government name is because their music is personal and mm-hmm. they want to like mm-hmm. have their music attached to their actual selves and not be like living these A two different, different person, you know, yeah. like I'm this on stage, but I'm this, I'm Hannah Montana. Yeah, or I'm Miley Cyrus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that makes sense. So um, your latest album, Orphan, released back in the summer. It's um, been a busy year for it's you. It's been a very busy <laughs> year for you. Can you kind of talk yeah, about yeah. this album and, and you know, what um, inspirations you drew from to create the album and those sort of things? Yeah, honestly, um, Orphan, I feel like I kind of tell people Orphan is the album I spent my whole life making because it's kind of like I made other projects before that I had put out and kind of took down because they weren't really like all the way me. I was still discovering myself. Um, I had been writing songs since I was 11 years old and kind of putting certain stuff online and whatnot, you know, just kind of trying things out. But that was the first time that I really made a project that I felt really represented me. And it was sort of like a summary of my life up until that point. And it was a letter to my adolescence and it was everything. It was, it was all of what I needed it to be. And my story is that I was 15 years old when I lost my mom to cancer and my dad and her divorced when I was a baby. So and he never really was like around. I never, I never met him, you know, like I don't remember mm-hmm. him from being a baby. So um, when she passed, it kind of made me like feel alone in a sense. And I remember I moved to LA after high school um, to like, you know, try to pursue music and everybody I would meet out here when they would find out my story, they kept calling me an orphan. And I had never identified as an orphan before, mm-hmm. but I, I heard it so many times where I was like, all right, I guess that's what I'm considered to be if I don't have parents, right. you know, in my life. Um, but I just was like, all right, well, if that's what I'm, I'm going to be called, I'm going to change the outcome or I'm going to change the, uh, the meaning of that word. I wanted to kind of change it and give it something powerful. Cause when I hear orphan, when I, and when a, a lot of other people hear orphan, they kind of hear, hear it in a negative way or like in a sad way almost. Sure, and I was yeah. like, I want to change that. If I'm an orphan, I want to, make it something that's kind of like something to be proud of almost like, no, of course you don't want that to be a reality. But since it is, I wanted to like, I knew I'm not the only orphan. So I wanted to make an album that really just symbolized the effects of feeling alone in the world. And you can feel alone. You don't have to be an orphan to feel that. So I feel like that's a lot of people. And I just wanted to, you know, kind of dive in on what being alone kind of felt like and also what, that kind of turned me into as a person. And so that's where Orphan, the concept came from. I just wanted to make an album that was for the lost people in the world, lost kids in the world, people, anyone who felt lost or felt like they had to figure things out on their own. And, um, but I wanted it to be sort of a empowering or like, you know, a triumph type of vibe where it wasn't something sad. It was just something that people felt, you know, like inspired to do whatever it is they want to do with their life, despite the fact that they feel alone. And I wanted to be that example. But um, musically, it's funny when I was being called an orphan and everything, and I was first out in LA, I was listening to a lot of Lauren Hill. Oh, and uh, her, Lauren her, Hill. Um, 
miseducation of yep. Lauren Hill. Yep. I was listening to that literally every morning. I'd wake up and hear that. I was in this like small studio apartment out here, and my friend was living with me from Minnesota as well. And it was like just religiously, we would wake up and listen to that album. And she, you know, on that album, she's singing and rapping, and that kind of was the the influence for the sound direction but i wanted to do it my way obviously and there's other influences as well drake and you know of course michael jackson is my biggest influence so right. anything i do is gonna have him involved but um ultimately i feel like it was the lauren hill like the miseducation of lauren mm -hmm. hill that really sparked orphan I, I i like to think of orphan as like you know, the baby of <laughs> miseducation. Yeah, the mama bear and the, yeah, the baby yeah, cub. Yeah. It's funny that you mention um, in Miseducational Lauren Hill the, the crossover between rapping and singing because on your album, um, it's a, much of a like R&B and soul and hip hop rap crossover. And I was right. going to ask you about that and kind of how that came about, but you already touched on that. So super cool. Yeah, so let's go back. Um, you graduate high school and you moved to L.A., which is across the country. And you're, yeah, from Minnesota? Yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, why did you do that? What was your decision on, were you already making music? Did, you know, what's that story? So, yeah, I had already been making music for a long time. And honestly, I had people from the music industry trying to kind of get me in a deal or sign me to something since I was like 14 years old. But I just never those situations never worked out. It was like, you know, it would keep happening. Different people wanted to manage me and everything, but they just weren't the right teams that wanted to work with me. And they didn't get me as an artist. And obviously when I was 14, as much as I wanted to do it, I hadn't all the way, you know, discovered who I was as an artist. Mm -hmm. um, but when I was like 18, after I graduated high school, there was somebody who was interested in me in the music industry who had kind of reached out online um, and he had heard about me through another person who had, you know, wanted to work with me in the past. And he was sort of like, yeah, when you graduate high school, um, let's try to figure out how we can get you to LA and start working. So I had like, I had something in, in, you know, set in place for me when I came out here. The only thing is when I got out here, that person and the, the team that he wanted me to work with, it wasn't the right team again. Um, because unfortunately in this business, it's like a lot of people don't quite understand an artist who actually understands who they are because most, there's a lot of artists kind of look to, you know, producers and executives to try to help them. They want to mold themselves. you into like right. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I just wasn't that artist. I was an artist who kind of came in with my own vision and I kind of knew what I wanted to do. And a lot of times what I wanted to do, it wasn't like the normal thing that they were seeing on, you know, top 40 or whatever. So they just, you know, they didn't want to take chances on it. They were kind of like, we want you to do this or like sound like this or, you know, we don't really think this is going to work because you just you don't really um, fit in the mold of where things are going right now. And that was exactly what I didn't want to do. I didn't want to fit in. I wanted to stand out. I wanted to create my own, my own world that people came to. So that was the disconnect. So even though I did move out to LA um, and I had taken like my mom's money that she had left me. So it was really like a, a real, a real risk. But in that time period through those people, I was able to, 
you know, bounce around to different studios and like meet with producers who, you know, they were trying to help me find my sound. And one of those um, times it was JB and Karan, which are the producers on the album. They're my team, you know, my business partners. Like those are, those are the people I actually work with and they're the perfect people for me. So it worked out, even though I, the people I came to LA, you know, trying to work with didn't work out they still were able to kind of introduce me to the people who ended up being the right team for me. Uh, it's just that when I met those people, they were busy working on a label situation for other artists. And it wasn't until I like lost all my money and ran out and had to go back home to where they were free. And they had called me January 1st, 2016, which was the following year. And they were like, hey, we're ready. But I was already back home. So <laughs> we ended up having to make Orphan over the Internet, just like oh. I'm in Minnesota. One of the producers was uh, going back and forth from Atlanta to L.A. And then the other one, uh, JB, he was in L.A. So it's kind of crazy how Orphan came about because we were never in the same room for it. Right. You know, <laughs> was uh, recording Orphan not in L.A. in Minnesota um, do you think that changed the style of the album or how you recorded? Do you think if you would have recorded it in L.A. in a room with these people, the album would have come out different? Yeah, I think it definitely would. I think the challenges with having to do it like the way that we did it is what made the album so great for what it is. I wouldn't do every album like that, but mm -hmm. that particular album needed to have that challenge of us, you know, having to be separate. And I know how to record myself. I had been doing that since I was, you know, like a teenager because my mom, like, hooked me up with my first little setup of, you know, stuff and the computer and everything, and I learned how to record and mix and master my stuff. And, and so, thankfully, I knew how to do that because it would just be like, I do my mix and I send it to them and they'll do the final mix over that. And, you know, we worked well together, even though we weren't in the same room. But it was a challenge for me because I was, after I moved back home to L.A., I was, you know, bouncing around from friend's house to friend's house, you know, living on couches and, you know, and people's basements and, you know, stuff like right. that. So I was grateful, though. I had a, a very great situation. You know, I always had a place to be and, you know, food to eat. But I was working like two, three jobs. And then after coming home from working, those jobs I would record and it was like if the family that I was living with was asleep sometimes I had to like bring my stuff like charge my stuff and like fit fit my stuff in my car in the back seat of my car oh, wow. and like record there's a song on the album called care for me that I recorded in my car because of that that reason right there you know everybody yeah. was sleeping where I was at so there was all these different challenges but also if I didn't have those challenges Maybe the subject matters wouldn't have been the same. The emotion might not have been the same. Yeah, um, exactly, exactly. You, you know, if I recorded it in L.A., obviously the quality could have been better. But I think the way the quality was, honestly, I don't think people really can tell the difference because yeah. we just executed it so well. So, yeah, I think definitely recording it in Minnesota and then being in L.A. made it what it was. And then... I could bring this element to it that I was getting inspired by, like, you know, being in Minneapolis, looking at the lakes, driving around the lakes. That's how I used to write the songs. I'd just drive around the lakes and get inspired. And, you know, if I didn't have that scenery, if I wasn't at home when I did it, then I don't really know if it would have felt as true to my 
upcoming or like you know my 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 story growing up you know I think it needed to be done in that way and that's why it happened so yeah definitely and kind of um like as you just reflected on all the challenges with recording care for me which was one of the singles off off of the album in your car Mm -hmm. and all that stuff Mm -hmm. you had a pretty good year um on your spotify wrapped you had 305,000 streams with 127,000 fans in 65 countries so um like looking back, especially with the year just ending and all the the challenges, and then having that outcome, how has that um, either affected you or made you feel? Honestly, it just it really proved to me that when I set my mind to something and I work hard, despite where I'm at, where I'm where I'm like you know trying to make it happen while I'm trying to make it happen, it's possible. It, it sometimes it takes some time. Like when I was recording this album, it sounds all pretty now. It sounds like a great story. But in the moment, it was very like, I didn't know if this album would ever come out. Like I didn't know if it would ever even be heard. I didn't know. It, everything was a risk. But it was the, the belief and the faith in the music and the people I was working with and just trusting my own abilities. Um, none of this was like promise. Like we didn't, <laughs> you know... Um, we didn't know how people would receive it. We didn't even know if anyone would like it. We just knew that we liked it and we loved it and we felt it. So it really came down to our passion for the music and the project and the belief that it would connect with people. And I'm, I'm a huge believer in like the law of attraction, the whole concept of like manifesting what you want in your life by just thinking about it and, you know, saying it and following those things by actions to make it come and, you know, to make it, actually become reality and that's just what happened you know um it made me feel like none of that was for you know nothing it made me feel like you know I had I now had evidence to prove that all right what I was doing was working even if it wasn't like I was getting millions of people right away like you you see some artists do it was more of just like wow I'm on my way people actually are hearing me and you know, I, it made me want to work even harder. And that's why I'm excited for the next album, you know. So it just it just inspired me to know that I'm doing the right thing and that I'm on the right track. And, um, you know, I think the reason why mine, mine is more of a, as much as I'm grateful for those numbers, you know, compared to certain artists, that would be considered a slow growth. But I'm happy about that because right. I think you're it just takes this more time. You're building from the ground up, basically. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. not only that, your music isn't like romanticizing a lifestyle. Your music is literally a story of your life. Mm-hmm. You're not right. like, uh, you know, there's a, there's artists out there that, you know, they're talking about, you know, being <laughs> in gangs yeah. and doing it. But they grew up in the fucking suburbs and they've never right, been, right. you know what I mean? <laughs> but I mean, literally you look at, you just look into your lyrics and, like you were going on your story. One of your lyrics is, I was chilling on the mountains, then lost every single dollar, had to come back to my city, but I never gave up. That's That yeah. happened. Like, your, yeah. your music is a timeline of your life. Right, and, and so the fact I that people... think that's even more important. Is, yeah. Is that, yeah. You know, you're not... Longevity. You're not yeah. pandering to a side and, you know, yeah. trying to look yeah, cool. Yeah, that's the hardest cool. thing. That's the hardest thing in this, especially right now. It's a great thing that the door opened for so many different artists with the technology. But on the flip side, there's a lot of people that it's more about their antics. It's more about the, the you know, perception or mm-hmm. the, 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 the personality that they're creating that gets people's attention. And then you get artists who have, like, real stories that they want to share. 
And it's like, if they're not going crazy or doing something ridiculous, sometimes it takes a little bit more time to get that attention. But also the people who get it right away sometimes burn out faster. So I'm, I'm kind of mm-hmm. grateful because I, I know that I'll have longevity in this business. And also I'm trying to do something that's very different from what I've seen, you know, and being somebody who sings and raps and dances, it's like, it's a, it's, it's tough when you're, when you're doing something that isn't like super duper common because people are like, all right, what is this? They don't all the way understand it at first, but I don't want them to understand it. Cause I feel like if you could understand me out the gate, that's probably not the best sign. You know, I want you to, <laughs> yeah. I want you to actually be more interested in trying to figure out, okay, what, what is this guy? Like, what is he, is he a, singer is he a rapper is he a dancer is he everything like what is he and to me i'll always say i'm just an artist like if i could name my genre it would just be my name aaron i or like you know yeah. i'm a hybrid of all those things um but those things take longer to get the right love and appreciation because like you said i'm not i'm not talking about all these crazy stories that aren't true for me you know Yeah, no, definitely. And like you were saying, um, being such a creative mind and being able to sing and dance and rap. What was the other one? (laughs) I can't even think right now. Come on. Yeah, yeah, no, that was it. I was (laughs) act, but that's the triple threads acting. You could act, though, too. I don't know. I could see Um, it. Is there anything else you want to expand into beyond dancing and singing Singing, slash rapping? Like if there's, yeah, producing. Do you produce any of the tracks? on your work or some some other things um do you have any plans especially it being the new year for for what's your new year's resolution yeah yeah, exactly oh wow (laughs) well my personal new year's uh, resolution honestly is just to work on having more gratitude um on my journey you know and just being grateful for what i already have because there's there's times where you can be so focused on what you're trying to achieve that you forget what you already have and what you already have is what's going to get you to that point so that's that's my actual new year's resolution but as far as like what I, where i want to expand it would probably just be musicianship you know i play guitar and i play piano but i want to get to a space where i'm able to actually incorporate that into my my live show someday because mm-hmm. i think it'll be interesting to have somebody who can sing and rap and dance also play guitar or also play you know it's different instruments um I'm I'm inspired by Michael Jackson, but I'm also heavily inspired by Prince. And I'm from Minneapolis, and Prince played all these different instruments. So I've always dreamed of kind of blending the two. You know, people know Michael for his dancing along with his singing, and people know Prince for his instrumentation along with, you know, singing. He, he grooved mm-hmm. too, don't get me wrong. He could dance too, but it was like more about how well he played that guitar and those other instruments. And I think it'd be cool to have a rapper be able to do that as well somebody who can rap you know be able to do that as well um so maybe in that area um and you know that can change tomorrow i'm always like thinking of different ways to expand but also i just i love film so i want my my visual content to stand out on a film level like on a literally like on a theatrical like film level i don't want my visuals to just feel like music videos forever i really do want to start Mm -hmm. making movies for my albums and you know do something like that so there's different things that i can (laughs) expand on i I am a part of the the process when it comes to the production and i used to produce all of my stuff before i I met these guys but 
they're so great at what they do. It's more of like I bounce ideas off of, you know, we bounce ideas off of each other. Sometimes I'll have like a melody and it's like I might play a rough version of it or produce a rough version and they'll fix that or finish that. Um, other times they just do the whole track and it's inspired by a conversation that we had. And, you know, it's it's like there's so many different ways I can go that it's it's really uh, it's hard to know which which area I want to start. <laughs> but yeah. I'm just super grateful for, you know, what we're able to do in this moment right now. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and kind of looking forward into the the future, you released your s- latest single, 612, back in yeah. November. Do you kind of want to talk about that and then expand on if we're going to be seeing anything else? Anything coming else? Up, yeah. Is it just going to be singles in 2019 or another album? Oh, yeah. No, there will be another album. Um, it won't be just singles. In fact, I, I think I might hold off on singles um, because... Actually, 612 is on the album. It's the, the first song on the next album. But um, just where I'm headed in my mind, like visually and just like where I, what I want to do with this album, I almost feel like it'll be more impactful for the fans and people who listen to me to hear it all at once than if I were to give you every single first mm-hmm. because this album is very special to me and it's called Fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an acronym, and it, st- it stands for false evidence uh, appearing real. But it also could stand for, um, you know, face everything and rise. And these are like famous, you know, concepts that people have been talking about for a while on the Internet. But mm-hmm. I applied it to my life because when I got back home to Minneapolis after living in L.A. that first time, I started ex- experiencing really bad anxiety. And um that really was new for me. I didn't grow up with anxiety, but it hit me on like a really high level. And that became a very big challenge, I, you know, to have to make orphan while I was battling anxiety for the first time. Um, but that inspired this next album. And I wanted to sort of make an album where I talk about all the things that I'm, you know, usually I'm too afraid to speak on. Um, and I attack those subjects that I, you know, I didn't want to attack in previous years because I was just afraid or whatever. I wanted to really use fear as the motivation for this next album mm-hmm. because I knew in order for me to progress in my life and even in my career and personal life, there was a lot of fears that I needed to get over and everybody has them. But what are they really? They're not they're not that real. They're just kind of they're they're all in your head to a certain degree. And I wanted to make an album where I get over my fears sonically so that other people can get over their fears. And there's also a song on the album that's dedicated to anxiety specifically and inspired by that called Fearless. So I'm very, I'm excited to go in that direction Mm -hmm. because like my first album, it's still true to my story. It's a whole different story this time around, but it's, it's another side of me that I hadn't really touched on and orphan at all. A more intimate, intimate and... Not easy to talk about side of a lot of people, which um, right now mental health in the in the music industry, especially hip hop and rap is a really, really important topic. So Mm -hmm. that's awesome. So besides the um, fear coming out, is there anything else we can see from you in 2019, Like maybe touring a little bit or anything like that? Yeah, I'm 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 speaking that into existence. (laughs) (laughs) I I definitely want to go on tour this year. I do have things set up. a couple of shows. I can't talk about the show specifically in detail, but there's definitely a lot of shows coming up and I want to get a tour started because, you know, this album, I think 
alongside with Orphan will be, you know, enough for people to really, really get into and for me to really be able to give you a good show. Uh, so I do want to go on tour. I hope I get to be a part of some really great tour, um, whether it be somebody else's or my own. We'll figure that out. But yeah, yeah you could expect me to start touring and, you know, getting out there this year. It'll be great. <laughs> Along yeah. with a great, great visuals for this next album, too. So that'll be something important to look out for as well. Yeah, yeah. So what's a normal day in your life out in L.A.? Are you just making music or what's going on? A lot of the time it's just making music, but I like to live life in just sort of... I live in Silver Lake, which is a nice area of town, and I just sort of like... Um, I like to walk around and, you know, just get inspired by the environment. I'm sort of... I'm different from a lot of songwriters because I like to write my songs outside, you know, when I can. And, you know, a lot of people create in just this room and they like to be in this dark room and stuff. And that I can do that. But, like, I really like seeing the sun. I like seeing colors. I like seeing people go by and people watching and seeing the, the cars. And, you know, I like to be outside because it makes me feel connected to whatever's, you know, helping me write these songs. So... Um, every day it is music mostly, but I do try to get out there and just live a little bit, hang out with friends and get down experience to the, beach. the city, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, cause when I'm living my life, that's where everything gets inspired from. You know, if I go and have a good night out with some, some friends of mine, they'll never know it, but I'm like basically writing a song in my head when I'm having these experiences. If it's, you know, a, a cool enough experience for me, that's worth talking about that'll turn into a song later. So it's important for me to make sure that I'm out living and not just cooped up, always trying to force songs out of me. It's I let the songs write themselves, but I have to live my life to get inspired. So yeah, I mean, I just do stuff like that. Nothing too big. I love going on hikes. That's like one of my favorite things to do out here. Um, Cause I just like, <laughs> I like being like really high up and seeing the whole city. Oh yeah. It's and it's definitely so different from the Midwest where you're from, you know? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have that. <laughs> so it's really cool. Um, yeah. That's just kind of like my everyday thing is, and practicing, like all I really do is like have fun and live life, record and make music or I'm practicing or I'm learning about stuff that I'm super interested in and, you know, just on my own. So that's really my everyday thing. Nothing too, nothing too crazy. What, what are you interested in? <laughs> I'm really into like esoteric stuff, honestly. And just like, I'm into like a lot of law of attraction stuff, but I also get into like, you know, just like laws of the universe and stuff like that. Like things like that really intrigue me and like different things that people don't seem to like. It's not that people don't know them, but it's just I like to learn about stuff that seems to just go over people's heads. That's very true about the world, because I feel like that's sort of like it's low key what inspires some of my music. I like to like put little like positive messages that people don't really talk about in my music, but it comes from stuff that I'm just learning. I like to just read about, you know law of attraction and how that works and um mm -hmm. i'm also really into like self-help so i'll read a lot of self-help books and things like that and um i like to learn about ancient you know things and just people different um beliefs and um ways of living that different you know cultures and different people all over the world sure, yeah. History, yeah you know we're we're doing so that's really inspiring to me interesting yeah definitely interesting yeah I like some of that stuff too. Yeah. 
<laughs> mostly the historical <laughs> stuff. You know, I was, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's weird looking back on like human history and be like, holy shit, we lived like that. But those people were like, <laughs> I like to think like those people in history, like you look back at like the Roman days, they were just like regular ass people. You yeah, know what I was, yeah, exactly. We we make them out to be something that, you know, it's just... Yeah, they were like God. Like yeah, and then you yeah. think about it, it's just like, that's Chad over there. Yeah, you just, that's but, Chad. Like, maybe they'll talk about us like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Years from now. They're like, how the fuck did they live like that? I was, before we sign off here, there is a, we're, I was looking into something. The first fire department was made in the Roman times and it wasn't even a fire, like it was a fire department. They put out fires, but their only job was to go to the fires and like whoever's house it was, they were like, all right, how much money do you have to give us for us to put this fire out? And it was basically like a business. Like you had to pay the fire department to like stop your fires. That's it was ridiculous. fucked up back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the kind of stuff like I like to know how we got to where we're at today and compare, you know, what it was like back then to now. It's tough, though, because you really have to trust your gut when you're learning about that kind of stuff because – there's so much information out there that sometimes you don't really know what the truth was. You oh, just yeah. kind of hear different versions of it and you have to decide what, what actually speaks to you. So, but yeah, I feel it. <laughs> I feel it. All right, man, where can our listeners find you on uh, social media? So, um, you can listen to me on Spotify, Apple music, uh, SoundCloud title, pretty much any platform that plays music. Um, but you can also just go to Aaron, I.com, A-A-R-O-N-A-Y-E.com. Um, and that'll give you the link to pretty much everything. My Instagram is just at Aaron I. Facebook is at Aaron I Music uh, 7. Or no, actually, no, it's just Aaron I Music. I have so many things. And then Twitter <laughs> is just at Aaron I. So, yeah, if you just pretty much search Aaron I and Google, you'll, you'll, get, you'll get everything. <laughs> Dope. Awesome. Dope. Awesome. Good, so um, what song out of everything you have released do you want us to play for our listeners so they can – get a, a grasp of who you are Ooh. Uh, ooh. okay <laughs> so wait do you guys have the full version of orphan or you have the ep version on apple i have apple i'm an apple music listener so i have the version well, we'll that put it has, you just you tell us we'll put anything on yeah it. you tell us all right if you go to soundcloud.com slash aaron i seven the number seven okay. the full version of orphan is on there um and I would probably just play, damn, that's a good question. I would play Blessed. What was that? I'd play Blessed. Blessed. Which is, Blessed. Yeah, okay. it's the second to last uh, song on the album. And that's the full version, too. So check that out because I feel like that tells the story even better than the EP version. We ran into some trouble with samples, and we didn't want to, like, even risk that. So we had to shorten it up for Apple and all that. But the full version right. is on SoundCloud. Someday we'll get it all on Apple and Spotify. Awesome. So. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Okay, well, that's what we were going to play. This is Blessed by Aaron I off of Orphan. It's I, not A. It's not I. It's not <laughs> it's I, not A. I got to get that right. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for talking to us and joining us today, and we're really excited to see what you do in 2019. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Yes. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's my motherfucking life If I fall, I just
I knew God had a plan Giving up was not a choice They all said that I would never make it I'm the only one who believed I'm trying to tell you I'm really woke But it all started with a dream Bless. It's a bird, it's a plane It's my motherfucking life If I fall, I just pray that I'm gonna get it right Cause I'm Yeah.